Welcome to another of Glastonbury Abbey's spirituality podcasts. I'm Nick Phillips and today we're talking about the Abbey as spiritual muse in the realm of art. Glastonbury Abbey is no stranger to the arts, both with its history of exhibitions and as muse itself. For centuries the ruins have been the subject of romantic windswept paintings and today, on a fine day, it's not uncommon to see someone on a bench armed with a sketchbook taking inspiration from their surroundings. For many artists, this is a highly spiritual place, which goes beyond antiquarian aesthetics of pillars of stone. Whether it be capturing the stillness of the chapel interior, the beauty of nature, incorporating sacred geometry into their work, or even reproducing their own spiritual experience in the place, the possibilities are many. So, how does an artist capture that spiritual dimension? And what exactly is that undefinable quality or atmosphere? Today, I'm joined by two artists who live locally and have been inspired by the Abbey, Marianne King and Laura Dalligan. Welcome, Anne. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> First of all, could you tell me a little bit about yourselves, your artistic background, and what kind of medium you use? Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm an artist that really specialises in the spiritual. I love to work with the land and the landscape and connect with the divine in places. Um, so the Abbey is a place that I come to a lot for inspiration. Uh, I use acrylic paints mainly. I um, paint on drums, ceremonial drums, and I also paint on canvases. And I really get excited by massive canvases, <laughs> which is a bit of a problem in a one-bedroom flat. <laughs> um, um, but I also work with collage and inks, and I'm also a, a writer and a songwriter as well, so the Abbey's inspired me in all these ways. Marianne? Well, I'm a mother of two, I live locally. Um, I work across a variety of art forms, um, freelance in broadcast design, illustration, videography. Um, I'm, I've led arts-related workshops for young people. Um, in educational establishments, um, in the community, and in theatre and storytelling. Over the years, I've turned my hand to a variety of design, animation, art and film projects. Um, so I've been involved in community mural painting projects, um, on one occasion creating visuals for a Sonne Lumiere show, um, where illustrations were projected onto the Abbey as a backdrop. Um, and I am inspired by history and story of place. Um, I love ecclesiastical buildings, abbeys, cathedrals, monasteries. Um, I'm a self-taught artist. My medium is acrylic, paint, ink, pencil or mixed media tone grey paper which mutes colours um, and um, I have quite a restricted palette so it kind of has a vintage feel about my, my work. Um, and I, I, the ink, I make my own ink sometimes from my old walnut tree in the garden. So it's kind of a brown ink that I've made and use um, with um, my dip pen and um, paintbrush. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, sounds yeah. very exciting. Mm. So, um, Laura, what's your relationship like with the Abbey Ground? How often do you 
spending that? Uh, probably too much time. <laughs> never too, <laughs> never much, too time. much time. Um, it, is my, it is my little daily, most days of the week, or maybe three or four times a week if it's terrible weather. Um, I'm usually wandering around. It's my little lunchtime break from the world, and mm-hmm. I just love to come here. And like you know, Mariam was saying, I love history, and... Uh, just to be here in the stillness and the beauty of this place. Not only the building, but all the trees as well. There's just amazing trees here. Mm-hmm. And just spend time um, about three or four times a week, maybe more, um, just relaxing here and getting inspiration and switching off from whatever I was doing, connecting with the stillness and the sacredness of this space, and then going back to work a little bit more chilled. Yeah, I can relate to that yeah. totally. It's a totally inspirational, sacred mm. place for me. Um, you know, I'd take the children, meet a friend, draw, walk, a place that's become, it became a sanctuary actually for me over the pandemic, um, a space that allowed me to slow down, feel and connect more. Um, and my art's a result of this inspiration, the last few um, pieces that I've, I've created of the Abbey and my understanding of the soul of the place, um, a sacred place for me because it's precious and meaningful and worthy I mm. feel of respect mm. and I think through the process of creating artwork um, of the Abbey that whole process in itself and that celebration um, it's become a therapeutic process mm. in itself and I visit the Abbey most weeks <laughs> and, yeah. and um, what, what's your favourite scenes to paint or photograph in the Abbey? Do you like to produce um, just landscape views or do you incorporate the unseen into what you're painting? Well, um, I'd like to put the unseen into it, the things that you feel about the place or the energy, mm-hmm. whether that be, as I said, I do love the trees here. We've got so many amazing and rare trees here yeah. as well, so I love to paint mm-hmm. them and to sit and sketch them and get the feel that I always feel with, with old trees, that they've all got their own personality. So it's having the beautiful buildings and the history but with the spirits of the trees, that the ruins are there, but also there's this life that's going on all the time with the ducks. I love the ducks. <laughs> and, and all the fish and all the movement and that kind of mixture of history, but also that ever-living presence that the Abbey has as well. So I do like to sketch it. And also just to write as well. You just start finding yourself just writing mm. and just um, maybe uh, getting inspired by like, think the paintings in the chapel. I love the paintings in the, in the chapel. They just mm. find them so inspiring with Bridget and Mary Magdalene. It's such a fascinating depictions that I just start oh, getting songs or inspiration when you just look at them. And I, th- I find it such an inspiring place for words as well as for, for drawings. I think there's so much here. There's so much um, inspired, not just by even the architectural details, and the whole story, but I like painting traces and fragments of the past, even if it's crevices, nooks, crannies, carvings in the stone. Um, and I find that marks from the past, worn steps, um, the visible signs, but also I like, I like to in, in, incorporate both, really, um, that tells, trying to capture the soul by relating to the visible and the invisible elements, mm-hmm. so that kind of um, cherished parts of the place um, but not necessarily I suppose traditionally captured by artists and mm-hmm. and writers but um, more captured by maybe folk tales and memories and beliefs and superstitions and that sounds slightly romantic perhaps but I like to combine the reality of what I see now 
time-worn paths, it's a crumbling stone and and with a, a re-enchantment of the place yes. by incorporating something that may be related to the myth or legend, um, the mysticism perhaps through light or that's the sort of thing that I'm kind of incorporating both really, yeah. kind of think. I love that, yes. Yeah. So that um, spiritual essence or that, that sort of different atmosphere that people say they experience when yeah. they come into the grounds for mm. busy outside, do you think it's possible to capture that feeling in your art? I hope so. I hope so. I think I think, I think so. it is. Yeah. And I think everyone will experience it a little bit differently yeah. as well, which is lovely because you get so many different mm. perspectives of this one place. And uh, like you were saying, the... The, the real the things you can really capture, you get the details of stone and then that magic that happens when you tune into a place. But yeah, I do feel like you can, I do feel you can. And I, I think there's something so special with old places. They've seen so much life. It kind of shows in the stones, it shows in the building. And you sort of see as well people from all walks of life love the Abbey, don't they? It's mm, not just you know, one specific, yeah. specific kind of spirituality or person. Everyone feels at peace here. And, mm. and you sort of see as well people meditating or families playing. It means something different to everyone. And I hope, yeah, through my art that I express some of that. But most importantly, what it means to me or the mood that I'm in on that day expressed mm. through this place. I think it's a lovely, quite self-indulgent, but you know, <laughs> a lovely way to express yourself through this beautiful place. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an interplay, isn't it, with the place and the artist. Yeah. It's never, it's never going to be the same between two. two no, things. no, that's magic. Yeah. It inspires it. It's the awe and the wonder as well, isn't it? It's that, that, that emotion, as you say, and that spiritual energy. Um, such a highly atmospheric ruin stood on one of the oldest Christian sites mm. in Britain. It's just trying to, I'm not trying to communicate in the artwork, but it just naturally um, feel that um, highlighting certain things um, and aspects that I would hope to try and capture the soul. Um, a couple of my paintings have been described as transcendent mm, nice. images or sublime which I'm really pleased with it, that response because in a way I wanted you to see some of that awe and wonder that I experience yeah. mm. from, from the Abbey um, you know even through the imperfections of the ruins of mm. architecture and muted worn colours just to portray age and mm. history and light, um, shedding light on areas um, it, that can be quite symbolic and shining yeah. lights on certain places. Um, it gives place soul and depth, I think, the art depth. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love being able to come through at different times of year and just oh. see, the, see the cycles. Yeah, just being in different times of day as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The so sunlight like, from different angles. Yeah. Mm. Through the archways, yeah. highlighting those Romanesque details. It's mm. does me here in the snow and then sunbathing oh, and then just yeah. seeing it in different Cutting. ways and how magical it can be in different ways. But like you were saying as well with the oldest churches as well, I often spend a lot of time just wondering what it was like or yeah. wondering who was there here in the wooden church before and yeah. their daily lives. I think it's just nice to be in this place and imagine yeah. that and They're try and capture some of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah imagine. Yeah. yeah. Story. Um, I've noticed in some of your work, Marianne, that elements of the landscape aren't always where they sit in real life, um, such as the Holy Thorn or the Tor visible in the background. 
Um, that's something that was quite commonly done in the past by antiquarians like William Stukeley, whose paintings of the, of the ruins are quite famous. Um, I know it's something I've done myself in the past as an artist mm. as well. Um, is it more important to incorporate these potent symbols of the surrounding Glastonbury landscape uh, more than to produce a true-to-life image? I think I like, I'd like to try and include a little of both because I think yeah. symbolism's an important element, as I said, in giving art depth and meaning and communicating unseen messages, perhaps, to the audience. But using um, some artistic licence to yeah. move the tour, I think it did slightly to the left of its actual <laughs> position, was important um, to me <laughs> as I wanted a unique sense of place in the one image yeah. which was combining history, spirit, legend, so the enigmatic image of the tour, um, you know, um, linking to the Holy Grail and Avalon, perhaps, um, is part, all part of the story of Glastonbury. Um, and my process, I suppose, involves creating a composition that's all part of the story, putting the Holy Thorn in view <laughs> back on Wirral Hill, <laughs> was um, a reminder, myth and legend, linking um, Joseph of Arimathea to the Abbey. So it was important to just have it slightly over the shoulder, peeping through the abbot's kitchen. You know, it's inspirational, just as it said, the legend of the journey of Joseph of Arimathea journeying to Somerset with young Jesus was the inspiration behind William Blake's in yes. Jerusalem, apparently yeah. said, so. So, Laura, you're inspired by the legends of the Abbey as well. Yes. Um, figures associated like King Arthur and the many saints, Joseph Arimathea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so inspiring. I think King Arthur inspires so many people. And whether we believe it is King Arthur there or not, of course it is. Of course it's King Arthur. But, you know, whatever you believe, it just adds that extra magic to the place. It doesn't need the magic because it's already got it, but it, it says a lot that, that they wanted King Arthur to be here, that it was such an important place, that that, that was, had to be associated with it. Um, so, yeah, I love the King Arthur myth, and I love the fact that you go into the chapel and you see a little dragon in the, in the, in the stained glass window. I always show people yeah. that, that, like you're yeah. saying about, are things really there? Even artists a while ago were putting dragons in, but maybe they couldn't quite see dragon. Mm. Um, but then the, the St. Bridget and also St. Patrick and obviously all the saints are fascinating, so fascinating, and Dunstan, I love it, it's just something you can always bring more layers to, isn't it, and Glastonbury is such a a myth, a mythological place, and it works, you can, whether you're Christian or pagan or whatever your spiritual path, there's something here that you can be tuned into and be inspired by. Do you think that draws a lot of artists to the town? Yes, Mm. yeah, Yeah. they want to capture some of the elusive magic, and Mm. hopefully it will inspire them like it did artists before. Glastonbury's legend, yes. <laughs> stories that create the wonder, isn't it? And yes. Yeah, when you stand in the grounds in the Abbey and that realisation that thousands have stood in this very spot before me, from all over the world possibly, yeah. you know, visitors, pilgrims on their journeys, um, it's pretty awesome, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it's exciting and inspirational. And I always think about the gold in the well in the um, pond. I was like, you know, the, the, the monk that threw the gold in the in the pond. I always got to look to see if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> Not found it yet. Though. There's enough material here. Yes. Eight for you. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, I think you've changed. You've got the, maybe the badgers or the fish. You know, that you've oh, got. Yes. I mean, you know, it's always shifting different things. You can get inspired by as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> 
the mythological figures and the badgers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think that's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you both for coming in and thank sharing. Thank you with for us. having us. Um, Absolute pleasure. We'll see you again. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. This has been a Glastonbury Abbey podcast. Glastonbury Abbey is an independent charity. You can support us by visiting, becoming a member or donating via our website, glastonburyabbey.com.